G'day Booglords, this is just a friendly service announcement. Magnitude 6 is now playing live at the Riptide Cinema. If you haven't signed up, you know, do your bit. Support Boogan. Sign up to Riptide Premium so we can do more events, create more fresh content, and keep Boogan Stoke alive. Whether you do or don't, we appreciate you listening to the podcast. Enjoy this latest episode of Luke's Lounge. Choo! It was all a pipe dream Watching body boarding up on TV Deep at reef watching tension repeats Eating bakery feeds at 18 Living the dream with no sunscreen Yeah we were so keen Surfing Aussie pipe Buying Riptide G'day and welcome to the Riptide Bodyboarding Podcast The home of bodyboarding Thank you for joining us on episode 53 of our Verbal Journaling And I'm your host Luke O'Connor Well today's guest on the lounge Is that fellow at your local slab lineup? who sits at the head of the pack every tom dick and harry comes up to shake his hand and some may paddle away from that caricature not knowing if you like them or not due to his stern ass resting face that he possesses he grew up in a thriving boog scene in the gold coast where he honed his technical abilities at the various wedgy sand sand bottom peaks and headed to the points and nearby reefs to become the tube troll that he is today. Full-blown core lord from the golden era of booging this lad is. Relocating down to the sunny coast later on in life, he has since started a family, has been straight edge for almost 30 years, and has played in various hardcore bands, the main one being Third Strike, attuning to his love of music and just general thirst for life and good times. Please let me introduce the notorious and funny as fuck, Byron Namini. How are you, my bro? Good, mate. How's things? Namini, Namini, for fuck's sake. You just practiced that. Oh. Mate, I, yeah, I'm good, but I would have been better if I um, did that. But anyway, let's fucking continue on, mate. Things are good. How are you? Oh, so good, man. That, that's great. That's a uh, hum- very humbling intro, mate. I appreciate it. Oh, no dramas at all, my bro. I've been so excited to speak to him when I was um only speaking to our dear friend who we know very well, Damien Miller, about this convo and, and what we wanted to chat about. Some of the stories he mentioned um in just our short um kind of conversations he was heading up to the mines back on um back on a stint there. He just was like, Dude, you've you've probably got four or five hours of um content at least with this man. Like I wanna get into it, dude. And I I would really like to start um at the start at the at the humble beginnings of the gold coast bro what was bodyboarding like back then and and you know i mentioned it was the golden era like was it was it as thriving as as, as i talked it up to be or did you feel any of that at the time um it was it was when i grew when i first started bodyboarding it was probably ooh, would have been maybe 19 1990, I'd say, would have been, oh, probably even, probably even earlier, and it was, it was before actual bodyboard mags had come out. I was just in nippers, and wow. um, and then we were all on just little like these weird kind of foamy kind of um, bodyboards that were made by, I can't remember what they were, what they were, and um, and then I remember just you know abs- having an absolute blast, and I'm like we had nipper boards, and then we'd we'd go on the bodyboards or, or me and my mates, we'd end up snapping all the nipper boards like these old little foamies because we're just wanting to get barrels. 
and just um, going on the shore and just going a little bit hard. Yep, and just just thinking this is great, just getting pounded, not knowing what was what we were doing really, and then got into these like like what are these weird little kind of you know literally just call them bo- um, bo- boogie boards, and um, and then um, I was like these things are sick, and then saw like in a surf magazine. Um, it was like a moray ad or something of some sort, maybe an old Scott Scott ad or something like that. And then I was like, "That's that's the thing that I'll that I'll that I ride, but it looks different, looks better." And then there was like a camping store just in the corner of my house at Palm Beach, just right near the highway. And um, I went went in there, and they had um, like a moray, and then. Um, all just all Max Sevens and just like you know top of the line range, but kind of bottom of the line range, as you know these days. But back then it was like you know the shit. Yeah. And so then, did um, it have those um beautiful black tail pieces on the bottom with the classic ones? Yep. Yep. The classic. Oh you know, my goodness! Full like yellow, double black, orange, and black tail piece. Oh, and, were um, they big and chunky, like still the thick kind of style? Oh, Full, yeah, just prop, proper thick, just all, it felt like 80-20 ratio. <laughs> like and a Dave Ballard rail, like a big fuck off, like just humming oh, yeah, above just the water. All holding, like all holding, just a, just all, all rail, like no, hardly any chine at all, no, not much release. Yeah, and um, okay. I remember looking at it and just like thinking, fuck, this is sick. And then um, there was like on the, on the adjacent to that, um, on the same same road, but just uh, across the road from that, there was a surf shop called Pipe Dream, which is local legends owned. And um, went in there, and they had a had a um, had some bodyboards there. And I saw I saw this thing, and I was like, this thing looks way more wild than, than the other thing across the road. It was a BZ um, Diamond Stinger, and um, that was it. I handed mum. Got that. That was my first ever bodyboard of BZ Dude, Diamond Stinger. I can't remember the diamonds thing. What did it look like? I'm going to look it up as we're speaking. It was, um, you know, literally it was just blue, blue deck. It was like a weird little, um, little kind of, um, kind of tr- like dual stripe going down, double, double fluoro slicked rails, pink slick rails. Oh, I um, do know this board. Yeah, yeah. Top I and bottom shine. It. it was pretty much like like a classic old old Saracen board. But oh, bro, yeah, it's got the yeah, the two stripes down it. Yeah, they're yeah. fucking all time. And oh, um, I'm looking at vintage bodyboards at the moment. It was a pink and grey tie dye slick, like a swirly kind of like like you'd see petrol and water that kind of style swirl slick. Wow, did and it change was... colour at any time with the water? No, no, no. Um, the only thing it changed with it though was um the those boards the uh, the rails and the and the tail piece because the, the Chine and the and the rail and the tail piece were were all slicked, fluoro yellow slick, and they'd peel off, man. By the time it'd just end up peeling off because it was just stuck together. There was no actual um, sealing the sealing the deck over over the slick like they do these days with like their yeah. bumpers and all that kind of stuff. So it was just yeah, they rolled it in almost. Yeah, and it's, you know, as soon as it it come off, it start peeling. Then you just end up peeling it off, and Dude, then um. Sorry, just inter- just interrupt on this BZ Diamond thing. I can can I just give the description that it's got on Vintage Boog real quick? Yeah, bro. Brand BZ, as you said, model Diamond Stringer, year of production nineteen eighty eight. Features slick yeah. rails and tail, and then the Diamond Stinger was one of the BZ's high end models of the era. Its most yeah. notable features were the BZ's trademark diamond rails with slick skin on both chines. 
Yeah. The first generation of Diamond Stinger also included a slick skin crescent tail, but was not branded with the model name. Yeah. Hectic. Yeah, that that was it. And the Benz, the, the servo boards, um, they they had taken the the uh, the tail piece out, the the slick tail piece out, and it was just just straight just decked to tail piece and, um to tail, and that was it. Just rolled over. Wow. Um, and then yeah, then you have channels at any stage. Um. No, no, not the Diamond Stinger never had channels. The, the Ben um, Ben Servison ones did. They eventually yep. did. Um, there was like the T10. Um, so there was like normal model, um, Ben Servison, then went up to a T10 model and T10s had channels. And then like later on in later on kind of thing, there was like they had like the Ben Minis and I think, what was it called? I forget what it was called. Um, but yeah, I remember Cox used to ride those, um, the, the smaller BZs because um, it was probably about, Maybe five years, maybe a little bit later after that, um, people started, you know, bodyboard companies were going, oh, fuck, all these boards are too big. Maybe we need to make smaller boards. Yeah. And then BZ started doing them and Maureen ever did. And then Manta, they'd come through with like the custom kind of thing where you could just do customs. Um, but yeah, like, and then after I go back to, after I got the BZ, I had that board for fucking years, man, and that, that board would just get so waterlogged. I remember I used to have to carry it on my head. It was so wide. And, um, really? and would the water yeah. drain out from the, the deck or something? Oh, it was just, yeah, the whole thing would just, just open cell down. Like just, a big, soggy arrowroot you've just dumped in oh, the too many times, eh? So fucked. Yeah, and, um, it's just dripping right. away in front of you. I fucking hate yeah. that. I love when, you know, you've just got enough moisture on the coating of the biscuit and you just yeah. get that crunch, but also the softness on the outside. Anyway, oh, sorry, I- continue. <laughs> how how bad is it when you end up having having a drinky cup of tea with a fucking spoon man because all your arrow just gets a dropped in there <laughs> oh i know and you got way too greedy and then you yeah. get to the bottom like it's a fucking war zone down it's here porridge, eh? oh but it is it is fucking hell it's got the same consistency and um and then i um i think i i it was, forget how long i had that board for but it was like pretty much to the point where it was just Unrideable, too heavy, and just you know, all the slick was delaminating and stuff. And I ended up handing mum to get to get me a, um, one of the mores that I'd seen. Um, I, by that time, I started getting magazines and stuff. I think like number two or number three, Riptide was was the one that I was my first one that I got. Wow, who was on the cover, man? Number three was I think it was Warren Fine, but hey, I know it no was, way. It was yeah, it was it was maybe that was yeah, it was um so. Number one's obviously Ballard. Number two was was Ross, um, at Suckerock. Dude, you 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 like again. I knew the first one was Ballard, but I haven't. I can't remember anything yeah. else. Yeah, that, number really two was it's kind of disgraceful. Yeah, number two was Ross. Number three, I'm How pretty sure. in that one? Actually, let me get that second. Oh, like probably fucking three foot. And Ballard's my man. It's like this little, like half a foot little wedge thing that he's doing like a seven up on, but it's so fucking sick because he's fully on. Got his mouth open, all action, spraying shit everywhere. I've got I've got one to ten in mint condition. Really? Do yeah. you? Yeah. Mate. yeah. Number two. That number two. I remember getting. I remember getting number three right as my first one and going far out. I need to get like like how how come I haven't seen this earlier? For some reason, I was maybe six months. I think it was quarterly or, or by. I forget when they when they were coming out back then. But um, I'd missed out and I was fucking spewing. Anyway, I ended up getting um getting back issues and and getting number one, one and two. But I remember number number two, 
Yeah, head on. Looking at it now, it looks really cute. Three foot stock rock, as you said, it looks nice and south. Probably a good nor'wester on it. Beautiful. Yeah. <laughs> well, <laughs> protection from the cliffs. Hundred <laughs> percent, mate. You're onto it. Probably a kind of cold, brisk morning with heaps of shit flowing out from the um, oil factory behind us. But oh, you know, back then, man, I like you know all those all those stories, man, of all the boys getting sick would have just been like totally true, hey. Oh, mate. And they had the um, they had the sewage pipe only five hundred oh, meters right. out. It was yeah, man, it was right there, like yeah. all right there, like sewage pipe, and then the refineries, fucking probably just dumping shit as well. You can give them no fucks. Yeah, I know, <laughs> I know. It's 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 to wonder like Cronulla is not radioactive or it's like what's oh, yeah, man. Like just those, just you know, whenever on on um on Joey's videos, when you'd see the pipes, um, see the 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 chimney stacks, you'd know that there was like either a suck rock section coming up or voodoo less with like yeah. Bella and Nugget. You'd just know that it was or a Cronulla section. How sick is that Boomy Left actually used to be surfed by bodyboarders like a lot more? Like I've only surfed that place once in the last two years on a boog and yeah. it seemed like in all that footage from Strowy that they just surfed it regularly and it was a done thing. Yeah, and, and massive as well, like big. <laughs> Remember yeah. there, was that one, there was one that Nugget gets and his, his fin gets flung off like he gets kind of lipped in the as, he come, as he's kind of coming out. Like I don't forget if he's coming out of a pit or he's – Going around this kind of crumbly kind of section to go up into a turn, but he gets hit on the back back of his legs, and his fin gets thrown out f- like further than him. You can see it like going out to the shoulder. Holy shit! I, I yeah. got yeah, I got to look back over that. Eh, that's nice. Maybe reef madness, maybe reef madness. I think, but sweet, yeah, like, be twelve foot freight train kind of thing running down the line. Yep. Yeah. Yeah. Gnarly. Yeah. Anyway, sorry. We, in that, we, in number two, I remember seeing. Um, Seen my beloved beloved D in there. I think there's a photo that that old um, you know rest in peace Marty Tallman's took of Ross Hawk. Um, wow. At D-bar, like um like kind of look, looking over the shoulder of like a left, and you can see like the like the full on the shadow of the peak coming over and hitting the sand, and then you can see all of Point Danger and and all the car park at D-bar, and there's like a fucking old Kingswood in the in the car park, and that's it. Nothing up the top of Diva, no, no Norfolk Pines and all that kind of shit. Wow. Just oh, proper, like, hidden beach kind of vibes. Yeah, it's sick. And then there was a photo of Reef as well in there of Kudrin, um, of one of the other local legends, Greg Jarrett. There. I remember seeing that picture and just being like, all the guys who, who were, like, two years older than me going, yeah, we're going to go surf Reef. And I'm, I was just, like, seeing that picture, just going, fuck, man, this thing, this wave looks so scary. It just looks like, I just pitching a reef just being a giant close out there'd be no nowhere to get out you just have to get out and you have to get in and that was my my thing for like years and years i just so petrified of the place and um and yeah but yeah number three was um was was number four number four was dk with thing oh it's um fucking um not matt riley fucking um Kisasaki. Yeah, it is. You're right. Number five was Ross again at at the island, like that fucking giant big solid number eight. It's as wide as it is high, that one. Yeah, but that that thing is, and it's got that crazy kind of iridescent green cover that's because it's like real green. Yeah, I'll Um, give you I'll give you a hundred bucks if you get number six. Number six was um was. Was it Bullet? No, probably not. Unfortunately um, not, sir. But uh, $50 for second for second guess? 
<laughs> Fuck. Um, you were going so well, man. You nailed the first fucking five. Uh, number six. I was. A, it was a bit risky putting a hundred out there. Actually, to be perfectly honest. Yeah, <laughs> man. I, yeah, I could have. I could have just gone. I could have had them sitting right here in front of me. <laughs> yes. <laughs> 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 I'm, I'm trusting you, brother. I'm trusting it's a fair game. <laughs> oh yeah, no, I can't. I can't remember if it was. I can't remember if it was Purse. If he was it's, real young, Purse. I actually, uh, I've got a grainy um, image of an unfortunate, but it looks like South Coast. It says on the cover, um, Tom Tom Mora interview. Uh, yeah, it looks like just a nice barreling right. He's he's got like a Moray Mac. It looks like. Um, who yeah. was it? I, I, um, I don't know, eh? I should know, but I don't. Let me just type it in now. I have everyone at home is going to be listening is probably just like, fuck, it's this person. What are you doing? Who? Hmm. A lot of vintage call logs out there just going, these can't sort it out. I'm getting yeah. up. Uh, anyway, we've got to come back to it. Yeah, yeah, for sure. Like I know, I know there was like, um, there was um, there was a stand up boog there on number seven. Yeah, yeah, that's Danny Kim. Yeah, um, there, there was Danny Kim. He's got his fucking that was at Sandy Beach on a yellow, yellow one of his yellow kind of pro stinger boards that he had for a little while before he got actually the Danny Kim model. Yeah, the um, goofy stance. He's like floating over, pretty sick. Yeah, like he he had that one, and then I think he had he had like another one real soon after that. I'm like, this crazy. It was like pink and purple and white cover. It was fucking real sick. And um, but then yeah, purse was like number nine or something. I think it was yeah. purse at, at Gary Beach. Oh yeah, number eight. I'm pretty sure. Oh yeah, number yeah, eight. No, like think, a, no, no, like you, you, you're you're right. It's number nine at Gary. You're right. Yeah, yeah. You're right, bro. Number nine, Gary, and number eight. I don't know who that is again. It's on, a, it's on a left-hander. Looks pretty perfect. Could be Aussie pipe, maybe. Oh, yeah, I don't know, hey. Yeah. And the and the fourth and uh, the tenth one was um again stand up boot Stoog. Yeah, it was, uh, that was a Danny Kim one, eh? That one. Yeah. 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 yeah wow, that's a different style of boogan that I, I haven't really considered, eh? The stand up boot, the Stoog. Really took some precedent in the first ten covers of Riptide. Like, man, it was like um, that was the thing, man. It was like it was so that was like to see to see that in the mag. It was it was like in the early mags. It was like oh, this is just another another form of bodyboarding. So it was, cool um, because really, yeah. like it's almost like a, a lost art. Like I know some people still do it really well, but it's not a regularly seen thing. No, no, no. The um, you know, you don't, you don't. There's no way. I think the last, you know, the last, obviously the last, you know, group of guys who were that good, it was like, you know, Chris Wine and Calvin Yap and, and Danny Kim before them. But like, other than that, like, yeah, like when's the last, and like the odd kind of random kind of Hawaiian guy, you know, you see like science and that probably sponsor those guys over there because, you know, that's their kind of hometown and there's just, you know, a whole lot of other guys, oh, that Mac. That Matt Crowley guy still. Yeah, he does it so well, eh? Goodness yeah. gracious me. I've seen Jace Finlay do it a couple of times. He's always oh yeah, the the talented man. But um, What a legend that guy is, man. Oh, he's an EA. He's <laughs> one of the nicest fellas, dude. And to be an oyster yeah. farmer, like, kind of just suits him, eh? Like, nurturing little little filters of the river. <laughs> oh, <laughs> oh, man. Oh, so, okay, so it's buddy Conal McGee. 
is um is number six. And oh, then um, sweet. and the number what was it? One, two, three, five, six. How did I not pick that? It was it was Eight's definitely fucking, great. Yep. Oh, you are I'm gonna put you on, on roll call here, man. You're you're, um, you're gonna have to send a shout out to Doug Robson, man, for number eight. You you don't know who Doug Robson is in the face. <laughs> Look, I'm gonna have to say though, the the graininess is fucking me up here, and my history is poor as it is. Okay, but, but as a as for for Australian bodyboarding, like how how is that like really for and really like what is it one two three three. Possibly, maybe four out of those five covers of the first ever Riptides were done by Stro- would have been done by Strowey. I know like, that is Sargo, isn't it? Ballard Ross and 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 um and yeah, Ballard Ross and maybe was that when he was at Pipe, but Ross man, you know, two out of two out of ten covers, and same with Danny Kim. So it's pretty. I know, man. I know that just shows yeah. how influential they were at the time to be able to get oh. in those front covers. It was, it was obviously you know. A, a lot of great boogan happening, but to have that much influence and to have that much kind of pizzazz and know-how, like look at the look at their setting up. And again, we've got to just reiterate when these riptides have come out. Think yeah. how much harder photography was, man. Think how much. Oh harder yeah, like all the situations the, were. How many? I don't even know how many how many shots you get in a in a roll of film. Was it twenty four, twenty five, something like that? And then you got to have all your shit locked in what you want to do, and then just point and. Hope for the best. Hopefully, you're not too close. So if you don't, you know, you're not too far away, and that you've you got know, your, water drop on your fucking right. lens. How many times that happened? Yeah, yeah, and you know, I'm sure that you know those guys back then wouldn't have wouldn't have even thought of taking a fucking squeegee out in the water, you know, to try and you know. <laughs> yeah, yeah, wiping that stuff off. Now you see all the, the pros going out for the day. They'll have a squeegee in one hand and yep. they're set up in the other. <laughs> It's so classy. I remember watching Phil Gallagher and Ray Collins float around the island once, and they were so happily just shooting empties and didn't care about anyone else surfing out there, which was so cool and unique. Yep. Anyway, it's, it's its own right. They were just looking for wave art, and they were just floating from the left and the right, swimming freely like seals, and just constantly squeegeeing their, their um, ports. And it was just hilarious to watch from afar, eh? It was like they were just doing a completely different thing. Yeah. So cool. But, um, dude, so talking back to Reef, man, we've gone full circle and Riptide, and that was an amazing history lesson that I'm probably, probably going to forget and I'm going to come back to. Not fully yep. forget, but I'm going to have to come back to some of them because there was a lot of fucking issue there. But that was, that was sick. But coming back to Reef, dude, like your first time out there, because I know that was a big part of your life growing up on the Gold Coast, and it is oh, a yeah. pretty pivotal way for a lot of people to have come out of the GC um, yep. and the Northern Rivers because, dude, it's a – it's a class wave when it's on and when the sand moves around, you know, explained by the the owner of this exact publication, Elliot, so many times about, um, you know, just what it does out there. So tell us about your first time surfing a man and, and what, what what did you experience out there? Um, so it was, it was three, three of the older guys that I grew up bodyboarding with. Um, Jason Matheson, Justin Kenzie, actually four of them. Um, Jason Matheson, Justin Kenzie, um, Jamie Aegis, and this other guy named Paul Wallace, and went there. I think even Crawley might have even been there. I'm pretty sure. And um, from 26th Avenue. Yep, 26th Avenue. Michael Crawley. He'll fucking he'll know. Oh, 20 21st Avenue. On the sorry, corner. sorry. He, he knows exactly which ones I'm talking about. We used to blast cowboys from hell. Um, in his in his room, he was a big Pantera fan back then. And, That's um, big. 
<laughs> and uh, and yeah, went down there, and um, we used to, you know, used to hound all the older guys, you know, give them petrol money, give them fucking three bucks or whatever in petrol money, and um, go down there, go down to the reef. Um, and th- this is like when it was all, all the sand mines and everything were there, so you'd go have to go through um, either to the first little car park or go through the sand, climb over the sand mines, sand over the sand dunes through the through the mining tools like equipment that they had there and um and get over there and got pretty much bullied to go out i was like looked at it i was like it was like big and fully just worst nightmare big and closing out and wanted to didn't want a fucking bar of it and just got bullied to go out and maybe maybe like you're not getting back in the car until you go out you're not getting home until you get out until we go out so i remember going out there shitting myself um i intentionally put a leg rope on my bodyboard like a like a stuck a hole with like a proper leg rope plug um into my bodyboard just to gain that extra little bit of um leash because i thought i was just going to die and sat out there you were preparing you were were in preparation mode like total totally just um overthought it in my head just looking at this one wave of greg jarrett's and just thinking this guy's going straight on the on the biggest biggest close out looking wave i'm going to fully die in any wave that i get and um dude, like cause before then there'd been no been no other um photos of it that i'd seen it was just this wave and word of mouth so being a kid that's just grown up surfing either d-bar or palm beach um you know stretch of stretch of coastline or the odd, odd wave at kira um because i was so young you wouldn't get anything out there just had this thing in my head that was just a close out and that's it. Didn't know what to expect. Um, sat it there for the whole session and then they were like, you need to get one wave. And I was like, ah. And I, the only wave that I got, I dropped in on my mate who drove me there, fully burnt him and got a barrel, or what I thought was a barrel, and come out and went straight in and just, just waited for him on the dunes. <laughs> <laughs> and did, did he mention when he came in, he was like, what's going on with the oh, burn? Yeah, it was just, everyone was just laughing, just like losing it because I just burnt, fully got like a wave that fully burnt my mate. Um, and yeah, I was just like, get me out of here, just freaking out. Fuck <laughs> it up, dude. Yeah. Like, that, you, you did the smartest thing though, like going out there and just having like the foresight just to watch it for the first time. I know so many people have uh, paddled out reefs and just sat there and watched and just trying to take it on in, you know what I mean? It's, it's, oh, yeah. it's a really good way to in, initiate like, learning of the wave i guess yeah well everyone's got their own little kind of everest and all that kind of stuff you know to try and get over and conquer and all that and some some people's mountains are smaller some people's mountains are higher and um i'd just yeah especially back then because it was just magazines and yeah word of mouth so any of the guys like oh you're you're gonna fucking die or whatever kind of thing or it's so so crazy whatever and then look back at it now it was it might have only been maybe yeah five six foot four foot whatever kind of thing it was you know 30 35 probably even longer yeah probably 30 years ago when i'm 40 44 now so probably yeah it's probably 30 years ago or something like that i'd say um Dude, probably wow. a bit longer and um oh, right, man. That is, yeah, that's how long that, you've been boogering for right like when you think about that 30 odd years yeah yeah, it's pretty pretty crazy. That's sick, man. <laughs> yeah, it's so psychic. And, um, but then yeah, I've seen obviously seen all the stuff of like Shark Island and I don't knows and pipe and all these kind of crazy waves that you'd hear about kind of thing. And then um, you know, seeing I remember seeing like the 
like the the thing of Ross kind of thing, like looking at at number five at tie, just going, man, those guys who surf those waves, we're just like, you know, we're just like the the you know the Mike Stewart of Australia, as far as I'm concerned. Like all those all the Canada guys, um, the older guys, we're just like, we're like just as just as up there as 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 Mike for an influence, and because um, you know you're just a just a young kid, just going, man, fuck these guys are just absolutely taming these crazy looking things that there's no way to even think of pulling into <laughs> <laughs> i know yeah I, I, I know like when you kind of look back on it yeah it is it is a bit mind-blowing isn't it i, I think yeah. that they pioneered a lot of those spots and they just put it all on the line really not knowing that it could be done because i think in this day and age like you know as you said before, it's a really good quote. Like everyone's got their own mountain to climb and some are smaller or bigger than others. But like, you know, when you go out those waves, this day and age, you've seen it all done before, so to speak. I'm not saying yeah, yeah, you can't, yeah. you can't like get, you know, another crazy one out there and there's, and there's things to be done and, and there's always, you know, different angles and different feels and lines you can take. And there's, there's always going to be different moments out there, but there was nothing before them. So just to be out there as test dummies, to not know like on the tides and the winds and what it can do and how quickly it can change. Like, yeah, you are putting your body straight on the line. Yeah. You've got that, um, which obviously progressions quicker these days than it was back then. Cause you've got no, you know, you'd have to wait for a magazine or, or a video to come out or whatever, you know, whether you're a surfer or bodyboarder of what people are doing or what in see what someone's done somewhere. And you're like, oh, okay, so, you know, is this person, is the, how old is this footage? Is it six months old? Is this person six months ahead of me? Is it recent? Or it could have been fucking, you know, however long it, it took the guy to make the video or, or bring the bring the magazine out to see what people are doing next. And now you, you can know? just sit in front of your TV and legitimately yep. scroll through YouTube and see countless clips and almost yep. usually train yourself to try and mimic that sort of body motion. Is, yeah, yeah. Like progression these days is, yeah, create like, ridiculous like you know from from having to sit there and be like okay i'm gonna i'm gonna go surf i'm gonna learn how to ride tubes at kira or whatever and you're like okay cool but i've got to wait till like maybe february or march till cyclone season comes around because and that's it and then or you can you like, might not even get those waves out there <laughs> you know nah, what man. i mean because like you know we all know that sort of fucking attitude up there and dude i don't want to take away from um your story here, bro, but we've got to talk about later on you're fucking running with Australian surfing world champion out um out of one of those waves. You know what I mean? Oh, Just, yeah, I've yeah. Heard, heard you had a pretty good running with Joel Parkinson and kind of sorted him out once or twice. With oh, he, left he, good nights. He kind of he, he he got me, but really, that's what I heard. I heard no, you got him, brother. No, I I didn't really get him. I I told him what I thought, and he didn't like the sound of it, so he hit me in the temple. And kind of, kind of rocked me a little bit, and um, but then that, that was like that was pretty. Sorry, just quickly, a little bit of context. I, I didn't set the story out that that well. What, yeah. when, and where was this again? Oh, it was that it was that Superbank. Would have been maybe two thousand and three, three or four. It was a couple of years after it first first formed the Superbank, and um, and he was just just being. He was at the peak of his. It was before before he was world champ. And um, so he was just young, trying to prove, you know, proving himself kind of thing around around Cooley. And, you know, he was like, you know, him and him and the fellas were like hot tickets, you know, on on surfing. And understandably, they were shredding. And um, But it was also that kind of thing where 
especially Diva. Diva's always had this weird, you know, bodyboard versus surf mentality. And, um, yeah, I've seen heaps of run-ins, had lots of run-ins and shit with random people out there and, you know, fights and all, all this kind of stuff. And, and dude, um, there's been so many fights over the last couple of years, just to quickly inject. Like, you go on YouTube and there's a whole video dedicated from one of the media guys up there just with random blow-ups in the lineup, and there's, like, over 20 altercations. Oh, really? <laughs> just one session, man. It's crazy, yeah. So uh, this was probably just the fucking beginning because, again, it is yeah. such a highly contestable wave, and it's a wave that you could get a wave of a lifetime out Oh, of. yeah, 100%. So that, there was all the pressure to get that kind of wave, you get a wave and it's like, fuck, I've, I've got a potentially sick one. And then all of a sudden some cunt fucking drops in on you. And then it's like, yeah, cool. And then so, and the, the beauty of, of Superbank kind of thing for a person who's dropping in on someone else, if you drop in on some poor fella and then you make the wave, you're not seeing that guy at all. Like, you know, that person could be, you know, down the beach, gone past Cooley, all that Akira, and then you're not going to see him. Yeah. Unless unless he fucks up and comes up right next to you, you're not gonna really know who it was. But um I looked at him, fully dropped in on me and I was like, Oh whatever cunt kind of thing and then when he was palling back out I was like, Oh you fucking the fuck was that? And he was like, Fuck off and I was you know, words exchange and I was like, You reckon just because you make six figures you gives you the right to fucking burn whoever you whoever you want? And he was like, What do you mean? And I was like, You fucking fully burnt me and just because you you're making all this money you you just you're too good for too cool for school whatever and um as he was paddling i thought he was just paddling up to me and as he paddled he kind of just kind of cheap shot at me i guess but just um, jabbed in the side of the the head yeah yeah just right in my temple and i was like like a left like a sneaky left oh i don't know what i don't know i can't remember what maybe left i can't remember i think i was looking over my yeah i can't remember what what side i was looking over but yeah kind of just in the as I was looking looking on the side of him, kind of just did that out of blind side of me. And um, yeah, I remember kind of just being a little shocked. And I was like, the fuck? And then he just kept on pallet. And I was like, hmm. So I just, and I was like, I'll just leave it and then see see what happens. Because I know, like, the place where I was working at the time, his um, JS would come in all the time and, 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 and his wife would come in all the time. And it was like, right, I used to work in this little cafe, right, Akira. And so all those guys would come in all the time. Oki would come in, Luke, Egan, all those guys would come in and, and have have food with the owner. And um, so I was like, I'll see him, I'll see him soon enough. Anyway, just left it, and um, I was like, you know, what are my options? I'd go up and fight him, or fucking dob on him to the fucking cops, and him, you know, him potentially fucking ruin his career. Um, so I, I think I end up saying, you're still there. Yeah, dude, man, I'm just yeah, like okay. my jaw is on the ground. Oh, I'm no, actually no, just no, fucking no, listening no, so intently. And then, um, and I was like, oh, I'll just, I'll just leave it and see what happens anyway. Um, and later on that, later on that day, it was, I think it was might have been even, even before um, Joel and Joel and my altercation happened. Um, one of the other guys, one of the other body was Pat Williams. He, um, he fucking bashed Mick Fatten, um, out there. I remember, I remember paddling up and seeing, um, seeing. Pat um, drop in on on someone, and because it, it was wasn't a blank drop in, like the guy was way too too far back, got pumped. Pat dropped in on him as the guy was falling off his board, and then Mick saw him do that and tried to drop in on on him, and then they end up coming close, coming up right next to each other. And Pat was a fucking boxer, 
he was like a, a gnarly kind of dude, real quiet, but you knew he'd he would just snap. We'd have these fight club things at D bar, and you know if you if you'd put the gloves on with Pat, you know you're getting rocked. <laughs> Holy shit! You guys used to have fight club at D bar. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Holy and, shit, um, And um, anyway, so yeah, he fucking Nick come up mouthing off to him, and I I just looked at the fellow. I think I was maybe with Dethy or or maybe Omrod, and I was like, oh man. And we just saw just just Nick mouthing off, fucking trying to trying to write him off, and Pat just didn't say anything, just fucking just comboed him in the face. Jesus, like, well, that's not going to happen again. Anyway, I think they're okay <laughs> after that. But anyway, like thing with Joel, um, I just went on with with whatever kind of thing. I was like, yeah, just fucking let it be. I'll see him around, kind of thing, and you know, get one up on him somehow, some other way. And um, and you know, if you're at if you're there kind of thing, there's so many fucking people there. So you don't know, you know, you don't know who's, who's going to be, you know, someone could be a fucking cop. Someone might jump in or whatever. So I was like, I'll just leave it. Went to work and, um, saw him at work and, um, that same day. No, no, it was like, it was like a couple weeks later. Yeah. And, um, I remember being out, being out back at work and he'd fully come in the kitchen. He was like, Hey mate, what's going on? I was like, Oh mate, what's going on? He was like, I really want to like fully, had a proper apology to me and wow. uh, and I was like, you know, I could have, I could have done a lot of other things. And he was like, yeah, man, you know, you know, just, um, just, you know, I think he's, I forget what he said, but he, he was like, you know, it must've been in his own head or something like that. Um, fully apologized to me. And I was like, yeah, cool. We fully shook hands and now we're mates. So. <laughs> that's amazing. That's fucking epic. That's a way better outcome than just a couple yeah, of yeah. Right, good nights. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, like you know, in in other other situations, there's been other situations where it's literally left, right, good night, and seen seen Alex Omrod get fully dropped in on and um by Malibu at Little Marley and and um come up holding his head like fully fully screaming holding his head and the, the Malibu would just turn around and just just look at me and kept on paddling and I was like fuck that and grab the Malibu and bash out across his nose. Are you serious <laughs> that that fella was just going to just cruise off after he'd split his yeah. old mate's yep. head open? Yeah, yeah, like, and it was like heavy little Marley when little Marley was like. Yeah, like grinding, like, like, yep. like two inches of like water yep. on like hard pack sand kind of thing. Yeah, and like literally Alex screaming at him going, oh, and the guy just looked and just, and just tried to take off and just pushed his board in front of him. And I was like, yeah, that's not happening. Yeah, shit like yeah, that happened. You know when like people almost with different crafts in the water, they get frustrated because at the time they're not probably getting the waves they desired because they decided to take the wrong fucking craft out at the time. Who yeah. the fuck takes a male out of Little Marley when it's yeah. like, you know, barreling upon itself and it's like doing a skeleton bay backless impersonation? <laughs> like, for yeah. fuck's sake, mate, pull your head in. Yeah, you know, like maybe maybe fifteen years before that, like when Rainbow Bay was just a, literally a fat male wave, then you'd yeah, gladly see him out there. But yeah, just you know, yeah, not anymore. <laughs> yeah, not when that shit's happening. Just control uh, your control your device. Yeah, well, that's that's a that's gnarly. That's a really good outcome with Parker, and that's gnarly to hear about. Um, fanning too, like in oh, the world, yeah. dude. Man, you'd see you'd see it all the time, man. There'd be there wouldn't there'd be like yeah, it wouldn't be. Wouldn't be a rarity to to be surfing deep and you hear just a why, and then yeah you'd, you'd hear someone getting you know either getting bashed in the in the beach or you'd see someone in there or someone splashing water on someone's face. It was just a you know just a such a small little beach and so many 
so many, um, not a big ego, but so many strong, I guess, strong surfers who don't want to give up. You know, it was such a crazy melting pot with body waters and surfers, um, you know, just, you know, of all ages, like all the older guys, like, you know, there's Bruce Lee and China and Jason Buttonshaw and all these older surfers who they come through with a threat of bodyboarding through through their era and then they were just, I guess, you know, kind of pass it down to to the younger guys and then yeah, unfortunately that's just you know, it's just a it's just a part of growing up though, you know, you're always gonna have people, you know, territories and, you know <laughs> that kind of thing. But Oh dude, for sure, man. It, it it happens everywhere. It happens everywhere. Yeah. 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 For people that but know then, me, I've, I've I've definitely experienced that on uh, numerous occasions. And it's only natural because it's like humans become territorial in certain ways as they form connections with like land and country and individuals and places. I'm not saying it's always right, but you can see how it does happen when emotions get involved. We get attached. Oh yeah. Yeah, and you know, start start doing things on the spot and not not thinking it through and then you know your your adrenaline takes over and you start doing things without actually you know realizing what you're doing man and you just see red i know it's fucking crazy there's times you know there's been small moments in my life too where you just um you know even like like i've had a couple of car crashes where like for that moment and for that time like around it before and after like you're you're uncontrollable it's almost the same sort of like crazy adrenaline rush like in fights or when you can just see nothing but the task in front of you and nothing yeah. will stop you from doing yeah. it. Like it's, yeah. it's, yeah, it's insane. Yeah. The, um, yeah, it's pretty, 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 um, pretty weird. The old fight or flight. I remember, I remember a, a good, a good, uh, flight scenario when we were surfing reef. Um, it was a time and you always see action at like sharks and shit like that around there and big bait fish and all that kind of stuff. And seeing, um, you'd, there was, just off the, there was like a big crack where you'd line yourself up with. Um, and if you're, you know, you kind of, everyone would you kind of hold around the crack and you, every now and then you'd look down and make sure you're in position. And um, this one, one time, I think it was Barney, had, Barney was out, the, the, the actual proper reef chief. He, um, he'd come back, back out, paddling out after waving. He was like, man, there's so many, so many fish out here. And you'd always see stuff for there in the line splashing and that. And then I remember him paddling back out just before he got to the got back to the pack, and him going, "Whoa, look at that thing right there!" And we turned around just off the off the um, the takeoff spot, and there was this massive shark just chomping through bait fish on its side, just going through these fish, <laughs> coming right coming right for us, right, <laughs> coming right for us, and and, and the person who, who I'm about to um, identify is knowing exactly what's coming up. And I turn around to be like, okay, what's the next next course of action we're going to take? And who other than Matt Lackey has seen this and he's pulling pulling cunts by the shoulder off their boards to fucking women and children are dying first. I'm getting the fuck out of here. <laughs> <laughs> like a full Seinfeld moment with George running out of the George, burning building. George in the fire, like he's pulling the fucking... <laughs> and the kids away man like it was it was fucking oh fucking hell so he was like, get me in yeah fucking you trip like if if there, there was a guy with a gun he's tripping over tripping over kids and grandparents and everything man to fucking get out of that way and <laughs> i still remember myself and blundell just 
just stopping, not even caring about this fucking thing that's behind us, just looking at each other and pissing ourselves, laughing like, look at this fucking, look at this fucking cunt, just just bailing people out of the way just to just to save his own ass. <laughs> yeah, man, like, you're talking about lucky, man, like, you know, the funny times you've had. Oh, yeah. What, like... What what has it been like hanging out with like Lackey and like growing up with, with with him and obviously like you know Mitch being a, like slightly younger but still in the same pack and like like Liam O'Toole, Coxie, all those kind of guys, man. Like, what has it been like? Do you know what I mean? Oh, for for um, Lackey, I I got to he was a long haired. He was we all thought he was a um a chick when he first started bodyboarding. Um, just lot super long, straight, blonde like just bleach blonde hair and and just like thinking, oh, there's, there's, a, there's a girl bodyboarder who's fully fully giving it a go. And um, then coming out, like palling out, and I was like, oh, it's a, it's a bloke. <laughs> <laughs> so from the beach, that was the first impression. Like, yeah, yeah, yeah. I, I think it was Fingal, maybe back beach Fingal because he, he used to live right there at Fingal, beloved Fingal for him. And, um, and uh, he used to come up to D-Bar, but he's, um, he was a full – uh, Fingal, Fingal boy, he moved down from Logan from like near Brisbane and um, out that way and um, used to come down and, and hang out with the Omrods and, um, and surf, with, surf with those boys. Before, before I introduced, got introduced to him, um, it was just, yeah, I'd see the Omrods surfing with this, with this chick, with this um, girl and, um, and then, yeah, realised it was, wasn't, a, wasn't a lady, it was a, it was a fella. And, um, <laughs> yeah, and um, just the, you know, total total um lyric and kind of thing always you know was all always just had some some crazy story about a girl or just a scenario i remember he had had one scenario where he um had like a his house was infested with um with mice at fingal and um in this big closet there full of clothes and he to get he didn't want to he didn't know how to get rid of them and um so he just sucked them up with a vacuum cleaner. <laughs> <laughs> oh, dude, that's and like, insane! Like, like a half dead cat um, hanging out in his room and shit like that. Just yeah, just super, super kind of rough, rough times. Um, that's classic. And, Sounds yeah. like hillbilly shit. That's so good. Living out yeah. of Fingal. Fingal's pretty yeah. wild back then, hey? Like because of the location. Yeah, and, like, yeah, it was. Yeah, it was like out of the way. Yeah, you you kind of you you go there kind of like a. Not so bad as Black Rock, but you go there. You just, you just have your, you just un, leave your cars unlocked or very minimal things in your car because it was a bit of a walk to get to the spot and super secluded oh, car park. I know and the car park, man, and it's the worst yeah. walk ever. Too, you want to take a pair of fucking thongs. Yep, yeah, and the um, and then um, yeah, Lackey and I shared, um, yeah, heaps of heaps like always. You know, he was always, you know. Um, him and his brother. Um, his brother was one of the guys who um, was kind of taking photos um, of all the bodyboarders at at their time of everyone coming up. Um, I guess cutting our teeth on you know what photographers wanted and all that kind of stuff. And um, you know you'd hear it from Marty Tullamans and stuff like that. My my old lady was like good mates with Marty Tullamans and um, crawling. I used to go like little sessions and stuff with him, but seeing like like his brother. And then, you know, you kind of, if you'd seen Lackey was surfing, you'd know that his brother's taking photos and stuff like that. So we ended up living together um, in this little house at Kira. And it's pretty funny, like, yeah, some of the, some of the debaucherous things we got up to and you know, <laughs> catching each other. Oh, actually, more like, more like 
catching him, pleasuring himself all the time and stuff like that. But, um, oh yeah, and then like him, him um, um, financially um, unburdening unburdening himself from paying for petrol and shit like that all the time. <laughs> How was he doing that? Oh, just doing. He's just a petty run king, man. <laughs> That's so good. They could do yeah. it back in then too, because there was no cameras. No yeah, he was a full run. petty run king, man. Like, but yeah, like he's the yeah, he's so good, man. You can if you if you don't follow, do you follow his um his little uh rust with trusting that he does on Instagram? Yeah, yeah, hundred percent. I, I yeah. I, for some reason, I don't think I have him on Instagram before, but I saw him when he did his first Troopy. Um, yeah. Was it is it Troopy or Land Cruiser? Yeah. Yeah, but yeah, he's, um, but he's, um, yeah, like what you see with like, he's what you get kind of thing. He's not really going to talk too much kind of bullshit about you kind of thing. He was just, if he doesn't, doesn't like it, he'll give you a write-off kind of thing. And you know, that write-off's coming pretty, pretty truthfully kind of thing. Yeah, which is sick. Uh, it's always nice to have a friend um, that just kind of says it how it is. I've got to admit, the guy, again, I mentioned him, Elliot Williams, co-owner of the potty, he'll definitely tell you, um, co-owner of the publication, sorry, he'll definitely tell you. Uh, what he means and what he thinks straight away, and oh yeah, it's a positive thing, man. I, re- I really think it's a it's a positive attribute because there's so much fake shit in this world, and at least when you get someone like that, they might come off abrupt and abrasive at times, but at least they're telling you the truth and what they really think, which is yeah, so but... rare these days, you know. Yeah, like you know, like there's there's no no use hiding, you know, just you know, if that you be you be truthful to that person, that truth that person can be back truthful to you, so you know you. You cop it and you take it kind of thing, you know? Yeah, definitely. And that's sick out of a friend and lucky to kind of do that. So you could take the piss with him, but he'd still tell you when you were kind of, you know, carrying on a bit. Oh, yeah. You'd, um, you'd always you'd always hear, hear something and or you'd you'd be at a party or whatever and then he was a uh, magician at, at just smoke bombing and, and just you'd turn around and be like, where's Lucky gone in? And then he's just gone. He'd just go home. Or... <laughs> Wouldn't um, even say goodbye. I know about wouldn't, wouldn't even say goodbye. Hey, like yeah, but then you know, then you'd see him like, um, you know, he had like these old. Oh, I think it was he. I think he sponsored a Manta for one, one part there, and he was kind of getting getting good at drop knee, and then he kind of um, then he got picked up at LMNOP, and then I remember yeah, those then, Yep. Yeah, then you'd see him. Remember, remember that it was like that. Um, that bloody uh, photo annual issue riptide, and um, he was at Nunn and doing a backside air, th- backside air forward. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And, um, yeah, you kind of sitting there going, "Man, this kid is fully." That was on fully... the right, wasn't it? It was a loopy right. No, I was on on, a, on on his on a left, on his on his back end. Oh yeah, sorry, yeah, yeah. And, back um, end. Sorry, sorry, sorry. And um, but yeah, fully like seeing seeing how good he was getting real quickly, and then yeah. and then gracing the cover of the first ever. Non body non bodyboarding cover of Riptide. First non bodyboarding cover. What yeah, just was that? The fucking white suit, man. <laughs> oh yeah, yeah. I three know. three photos of a white suit, just different different blue steel poses. But um, I think that was when he was it when he. I think it was. I think he won the won the peer pole that year, and they they wanted. I think I don't know. I can't remember if it was Jethro or Nick Long was 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 there then. Um, but yeah, they wanted something different and um. Yeah, to be named. Pretty sure it was the the peer pole for his first peer pole, and he, um, yeah, well, got a stemming off that. Body. Um, Byron, it's actually crazy to think that that same um that same concept or theory might be in play for the next Riptide annual whenever it's going to come out. But oh yeah. yeah, I don't know if it'll be um a full uh 
yeah, what everyone will expect, you know what I mean? Who knows? Yeah. Who knows? But, um, yeah, it's just cool to see that, like, you've got such a memory of all this stuff too, man. Like, you're so oh, man. detailed yeah, what's in there. Like, you're an encyclopedia, but I thought I had some stuff. You've got some stuff. There's there's some th- there's some things that I that in person I'll tell you but I can't I can't um I can't tell on over here just uh, incriminate too many people hey like it's just hilarious hilarious things it's so yeah. good dude that's what bodyboarding's about the way the culture oh, yeah. taking the piss enjoying your time not being too serious loving the ocean and just having fun with your friends but. It, it, it just gives you some of the most joyous moments in your fucking life. And you look back on those memories. There's sometimes I've had, sometimes that I've had on, on, on a boot, like whether it be just traveling down the coast, whether it be at a, at a night out or whether it just be literally just checking waves at home with friends. Like there's some of the most pristine and natural and just fucking good times in your life, you know? Yeah. Yeah. And like, like you're fully looking and be like, that was a, it was a good two days or, or look back and be like, you know, remember, you know, camping over at Stratic and everything like sitting there, like you get the old ferry, which you take around the back of the island and, and having a camp there and you're like, okay, we're going to camp here for, for the whole weekend. Were there and dingoes there then? Um, I don't think, I don't know, dingoes, maybe kang- kangaroos are definitely there. It was, um, it was literally just, you know, literally just right at South Stratty, but I can't remember. I know there's, there's definitely dingoes at Fraser, maybe North yeah. Stratty. I don't yeah, know about yeah, yeah. South Strati, um, because we've got the resort and everything there further up at, um, I forget what it's called, Camp Courage, I think it's called, the resort up that way. I oh, think okay, Wingnut yeah. was working up there for a little bit, like when he moved to the Goldie a couple of years ago. Oh, yeah, 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 yeah. okay, sweet. You remember all those um, all those photos where he was teaching people to surf and stuff like that? I'm pretty sure I, he was, yeah. I don't remember him teaching to surf, but I, don't, I do know that he um, moved up there and wanted to see change, eh? Yeah, yeah, he was, he was, I know that he was um, just after the holding on thing, um, a couple, like maybe two years after that, he was up that way. Yeah, yeah. nice get the sun on the back. And what a great movie that Holding On was, man. Like, what oh. a great way to detail his yeah. career and many others from the Shire and when, yeah. like, what they did. And getting Nugget to speak on camera was, was also hilarious. <laughs> I reckon yeah. it took him about like six months to get him on there. And they finally, probably even longer, but he finally got in there and it was worth getting them, getting him on there, waiting the time, I reckon. Oh, yeah. Like that, like him, um, here in here in like uh, Ballard and, and Forty and and Rissol and stuff like that. I don't, there wasn't much stuff with Purse on there though, eh? which I'm kind of like, man, Purse was the man, hey. Purse was. I know, the, I know, like, I know. Just, Maybe that's, that's the way it was like produced or what what they had going on. I guess. Yeah. Yeah, but I mean, other than that, dude, honestly, like the way it kind of went through the the history of it, and yeah, mentioned Strowy and just how it all came to be. You know, it was a it was a real. That was also like, you know, most certainly a golden era and like a, a, a building block and foundation of the sport, you'd have to say. Yeah. We, imagine being, um, even before, I guess, like, you know, what those guys look up to, like Chaz and, and um, Evan Penglis and stuff like that, like surfing the island, you know, maybe the first time, maybe, you know, who knows how many years they'd, they'd be surfing it before. You know, whoever whoever out of those guys surfed the island first out of Doug and all those guys, but you know, with Chaz and and you know, Skull and all those guys, like the surfers and stuff. Imagine Skull. Do you know Skull's like, still around, man? You know that. Yeah, like I see random pictures of him. I'm just like, man, what a he'd be going what in his sixties for sure. Man. Yeah, but dude, and he's honestly turned into like 
Southern Shire's Green Goblin on an electric fucking surfboard. It's insane. Oh, really? oh, oh is that the guy you see? Dude, that's him, bros. <laughs> Desi has pointed him out. When we're at the island, we're sitting there, and it's only rare it's you see him come up. out, and he does, you know, about 20 minutes of fucking horrific laps. And yeah. whatever, I guess, you know, he has been there from the start, and he can kind of yeah. do what he wants. It just don't bring in a fucking electric surfboard out that you're whizzing through the lineup on. And, you know, you go to a lineup, and, like, you just kind of want a bit of peace and clarity, and you can have a chat. You don't want, like, yep. so much mechanical noise, like, rushing yeah. through your head. <laughs> Um, it's like jet ski fumes and shit. But yeah, anyway, dude, he's in like armored suit almost, got a helmet on, and he's just scooting about on this. Wow. Not electric. I'm pretty sure it's petrol. Yeah. Um, petrol power. But yeah, dude, he's he's um he's still there. Fifty years on, you'd have to say. Man, that's that is so crazy. That's forty five. Like, yeah, I remember seeing seeing pictures of him before I even saw pictures of Chad's. Um, and oh man, who is that? Like, you know that that wave looks crazy. And then looking back. Like when I've and then thinking, well, that's a guy that's fucking surfing shark oil. And then you'd see stuff, you know, like in the underground surf mags or or you know the bodyboard stars mag that Dutch Joe brought out later on. Um, you know, was his name Jim? Was it Jim? No, what's his name? I can't remember his name, but yeah, seen Skull, and I was just like, all right, man. Yeah. But um, yeah, like yeah. even seeing like early pictures of Chaz, like, and then. You know, obviously, with with the music and stuff that when I you know go you go to Byron Bay for for shows, or whatever, and you know his you know Winston's dad was um was was always there at the shows and you know helping you know do stuff in the canteen or you know at the door or kind of thing or you know they they just you know supporting um Oscar and and Winston and all the kind of Byron Bay hardcore scene it was it was so crazy I was just like that guy. Is is like the Shark Island pioneer, just right there. You can just be like, I can touch him. <laughs> <laughs> He's actually physically real. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And fucking surfing on a surf mat and shit like that, man. Like, what the fuck? <laughs> yeah, I know, I know. Speak about fucking range of um range of abilities, man. Speaking about like the hardcore scene, dude, and thing. Speaking about your time in it, what what did you really, you know, you 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 practiced this um this culture that 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 comes with and lived your life so. So beautifully through it, man. Like to 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 think that was it been twenty seven, twenty eight years now? Yeah, twenty seven years. Yeah. Yeah, man. Like you know, let me just say right here, right now, doff the cap to you, sir, because like that is a hard thing to achieve, especially in a culture that glorifies drinking and drugs pretty heavily. So yeah, Australian culture's big on that, aren't they? <laughs> yeah, man, dude. So like, you know, what? My question is that you know, where did you get? Um, that notion from and and how was it um, intertwined with with like your music scene and, and your your third strike band? It was um, it was all to do with just me when I was younger, just get going out and just getting fucked up, and you know it come to the point where I was um got kind of got kicked out of home and um it was kind of like literally homeless for a little while and um, what age was this bro um fuck probably like 16 i'd say something like that yeah wow. and uh, and then yeah 16 and then um doing that and then kind of realizing uh, like sitting there like you know thinking well oh, fuck man all the guys that i'm hanging out with um, they used to surf a little bit. Now they don't surf anymore, and you know I'm kind of getting that same way. You know, being just you know a full little 
full little rat bag, just, you know, stealing shit and, yeah, being, being real naughty. And um, getting naughtier and naughtier about, uh, when the years went on. And then kind of thought, fuck, I have to, I have to try and do something. And then just, yeah, just totally just, um, I guess, switched the, the friends. I was, I didn't even know about the whole whole strategy thing then. I was just like, I need to just um, get away from the influences that, I, that I'm around. And then, yeah, did that, kind of cut all ties with, with certain people and then got back into surfing, um, kind of made amends and then um, started living with um, started living with my mate Ben um, Blundell and, yeah, we were just, you know, I'd be into my death metal thing and, and, and heavier kind of music that way on that kind of fork in the road and he'd be into more the punk kind of stuff and, and um, you know, your lag wagons and all that kind of stuff and, you know, and... I remember I had, I think I was driving his car because I can't remember what it was. We'd always just, you know, always be driving around together and stuff like that. And he had all this different kind of music and there were some things that were heavier than than your normal punk things. And I was like, this is kind of good. And then um, he was like, oh, there's this, you know, there's this thing. Um, There was this one band that he he gave to me. It was like called Strife. And that was just, that was a straight edge thing. And that was their big thing was about straight edge. And I was like, that's kind of weird what is this thing? And then seeing other bands and then seeing this other band called Minor Threat and they had a band, had a song, sorry, called Straight Edge. And it was, you know, all the lyrics were like, you know, you like to go out and get fucked up and, um, you know, blow your, blow your head full of coke and, and all this kind of stuff. And, um, you know, you're different to me because I've got the straight edge. And I was like, oh, that's kind of cool. And then um, the more... Of those kind of bands I listened to, the the more you know, it was like a little ratio. Maybe thirty percent of the bands talked about this kind of stuff, and seventy percent of the bands just talked about lifestyle issues and political issues and stuff like that. And I was like, I think it's pretty fucking cool. And then the whole thing with um, X's on the hands and stuff like that, it'd, it'd be you know, you go to America and over there they'd have all ages shows and they put little X on on the person's hand who who was underage. And if you're underage, you weren't allowed to drink. And then, so the older guys took that and made it bigger and were like, hey, we're, we're straight edge, we're, it's okay not to drink. Um, and then that's where the X's came from. And um, I just thought it was a good way to live because, you know, can't get up in the morning or might miss a surf or might miss a, a, a family gathering or, you know, you might not be able to get somewhere because you're, you're too pissed from the night before you can't drive or, you know, if you get in your car and you when you when you mag it, you fucking you know run into a fucking tree or kill someone or you know kill yourself or you know that kind of thing. So, and then yeah, I just just kind of thought this is this is me. This is exactly what what I want to do. I don't don't enjoy what I was doing, and you know it's this is this is the thing for me. It's not a it's not a, a calling anybody out. Um, you know I'm better than you because I'm straight edge. It's just you know we can still be mates, you know, I want you to be here as, as long as I'm here and we're enjoying each other's company and, and time and and the short time we've been given. Um, you do your thing, I'll do mine, and if it doesn't affect what I'm doing to you and if it doesn't affect what you're doing to me, then we're all good. And, you know, you get the people that are, that are super cool about it. You get, you know, people that are in your face and try and push drinking onto you or whatever and you're just like, yeah, and... You know, 
sometimes it's it's a good thing you can just turn around and walk away. Some things you got to kind of you know let them let them know that you know it's just not what I'm what I'm into. <laughs> yeah, I know. And in this day and age, man, surely if people can't accept that you want to live a different lifestyle because you know you 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 feel that's the best way for you. And you know, really, man, if, if you were to argue the point scientifically, I think most uh, medical professionals would say that cutting drinking out of your lifestyle is most certainly the most positive thing to do because yeah it yeah, is yeah. poison bro like let, let's yeah. be honest about this like yeah. people that say oh we casually drink da, da, da. when you casually drink it's still the same because it is poison it's it's yeah. got x's on it for a, a reason it actually kills your brain cells when it enters your body that if, if you watch a video i would really employ people to go watch a video on youtube of, of how um alcohol affects your brain and i'm sure they probably watch adam um not adam what's his name um you know the the uh Huberman fella oh um, yeah andrew Huberman. yeah agent andrew Huberman. yeah absolute legend i love the how he like you know details certain um aspects of everyday life and and how it affects your body and and you know I, again, I enjoy smoking a bit of weed from time to time. That also can have a huge negative effect in certain ways. It's got some positive ones. Yeah. Um, you, you, you've, you've got to recognise that there's negative ones there too with it. So with alcohol, like this whole culture of us just fucking having a drink every night and every day and you finish work, you have a drink, you go to the pub, you do this, you do that. You're poisoning <laughs> your body every day. And, and really, yeah. if you have a drinking session of, say, you know, three to four standard drinks, which is almost teetering on the edge of um, – uh what's the term you know when you're drinking uh, yeah binge drinking exactly almost teeter on the edge of like binge drinking man it's just it's yeah it's 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 just one of those things that people need to look at more intently in life i'm going to end this rant but they just need to have a look at it and just realize what it is actually doing to them every time they put in their body because everything you put in your body has a serious effect on it yeah, it's just a, like you know, not even just a, uh, not even just a coolness thing. It's just sometimes it's just a common sense thing, you know. Like it's, you know, yeah. There's, you know, I, mean, I, I get people, you know, they want to, you know, if they want to do do it, whether like you know, cool, you know, different courses to different horses, and that's that's fine. But you know, like when it when it comes to the you know to the point where someone's someone's there and they're pissed and they're fucking bashing a mate or they're trying to bash you or fucking. You know, and you can see you're the outside looking in, and then it's affecting you. Then that's when it kind of it starts, kind of, I guess, taking its course for a little bit more of a of a hardlined approach. Um, for me, um, you know, there's there's been times where, you know, it's it's all good, but then there's also times where it's like, ah, oh, fuck, we're we're fully gonna, I guess, we're gonna have to fight. <laughs> Yeah, is, is, isn't that crazy? Like, there's almost yeah. no other option sometimes with, with people, which sounds crazy to, to, to say, but when they're in certain states, they, they cannot be controlled. And there's no one else around you or them at, at the time, and they're just in uh, that state. Like, man, there, uh, there is nothing else. No. <laughs> <laughs> It's um yeah it's a it's a real tough one like I'm I'm speaking from experience too man like I was a bartender for oh man what, ten years pretty much man and like I worked in a couple of bars um in the Shire like I worked in in at Zinc Bar and then Ridges which is um the the cocktail bar in the bottom of the hotel there and then at um the corner Sol, there right the corner eh? yeah 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 and then there was um right across from the BP there which is unfortunately knocked down that's where the um hostel was too just yeah backpackers um yeah we start like tom tom robin i stayed in those those backpackers before did you 
yeah, before Andre and um and Nugget, uh, before Andre and, and Eddie turned up, um, so we could stay with them. We stayed in those ba- in those backpackers there, right on the on the street as you're going out of Cronulla around the left hand yeah, side. Yeah, yeah. So that was for the yeah. 2006 um point trials, eh? Yeah. Yeah, yeah. Six, six. So j- just quickly, um, I definitely want to talk about that man. Cause fuck, that sounds like crazy time. But with um with that with that time in those bars, man, I saw people go from normal, happy, functioning people or just standard, you know, people, whatever you meet, all different kinds of people. <laughs> so like really obnoxious fuckwits that like, yeah. you know, by the sixth, eighth, tenth drink, we're just, we're just rat bags. And look, I'm most certainly the same. We all go to a certain level. So it affects people in different ways and whatever. Oh, so yeah. Different substances. But man, it just becomes such a drag and you become so resentful towards the people that you're dealing with because you're right. They're affecting your mood and your world, and you're in a shit house environment when you're sober, looking around, going, "Who the fuck are these clowns?" Like, man, the amount of times I could count on my fingers, I'd have to have about fucking ten million fingers. The the, the conversations that have just led um, to nothing through cocaine use with like people. Oh, yeah. like, oh <laughs> mate, like you just get on the same fucking topics, and they just go round and round, and oh, there's, yeah. there's there, there's no good outcomes. There's no like um branching off to another subject it's just blah 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 and <laughs> wake up the next day bro you're so fried your pockets fried <laughs> your money's fucking gone and it's just a big empty fucking hole so like yeah. you know to your point it, if anyone is going to fucking have a go you about being straight edge and enjoying the fruits of life without you know drowning your body in substances they can go fuck off that's crazy yeah yeah yeah, like you know, like I I love to be a dickhead, like just to you know shit talk with my mates and whatever, and you know go out and fucking do some funny shit or whatever. But yeah, it's it's like you know it comes to a point where you, you take control and and then you know once you you know once you're not in control, then that's when it's it gets a little bit out of hand. <laughs> yeah, 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 for sure, for sure, man. Well, did, speaking about um, you know, you just mentioned the the hostel and your time with Tom Robb and, and, and the boys there, how was it um, firstly doing like the 2006 Island trials and what was it like um, hanging out with the boys and particularly Nugget after? Oh yeah. Um, yeah. So we were, we kind of like went with, um, we were staying with, um, yeah, Liam, Liam O'Brien was filming for No Friends at the time. And I think it was just, it was like, he did the last, maybe four no friends i think him and crawley filmed him and he was he was doing that second video for for him and um and we were we were there and he was filming with um with eddie eddie dre hub and and that was it and it was myself tom and um harry dixon and um was staying with him there that there's like a little house kind of a couple of doors down from the from the hostel along the alleyway i was telling you about oh and, yeah um, yeah seeing um seen nugget um come along and take take andre for a good old good old-fashioned nugget binge um and um yeah andre was was awol for for two days <laughs> i remember it was like it was like a full um because eddie was eddie was in you know was the you know as much as eddie loved to love to go out and and you know have have a good time and stuff that um andre was just a little bit i guess um, enjoyed himself more and um, yeah it was just like yeah just Nugget I guess um, took him and um, Eddie was like being that full concerned dad was like oh, I don't know where he is I can't get hold of him and stuff like that we were like trying to reassure him it's okay and then 
um, you know, secretly I was probably thinking, I was just thinking, you know, fuck me, he's out with the nugget. Like, okay, what's uh, what's going to, what what can happen? Because you just hear hear stories on how much of a wild man nugget was and, and all that. And then, you yeah, we heard like. It still is. Oh, still, yeah. <laughs> and then a couple of days later, um, like random time in the morning, we'd kind of come out and hear all this commotion and, as Nugget and Andre and Wingo just swaying in the in the middle of the street, just talking and you know just general loud loud obnoxious chatter, and um, just shit drawn all over them, and just talking total nonsense, hey? like just absolutely fried, and um, but you know to this day, like it's you know Andre is an absolute legend, like it's always always super humble. Whenever I'd you know talk to him, whatever he's always, you know, just a just a fallen legend, still the absolute true true master. Um, but yeah, Nugget fully taking, um, you know, the the world champion um, on a good old Aussie Aussie drinking binge, and um, and then yeah, then seeing seeing Nugget a little bit later um, after I think it was I think it was maybe the yeah it was before before the finals had happened. Might have been after the Prezzo. I can't remember if I am. Shit, much. I got a shit short-term memory, but long-term memory is good um, <laughs> to an extent. A certain amount of years. And um, but Tom Robert would fully would fully remember this. Like we were yeah there and um and Nugget was like kind of trying to write us off and telling us how to do inverts and giving us coaching tips and shit like that and had a full um, skewy of of beer and telling us how to how we should tweak our inverts and you know we we know like know how to do inverts and um <laughs> we were like oh yeah like how do you do it and he was like just tipping beer over everyone like his leading hand um was the hand that had the screw in it and oh, it was just beer everywhere and he just wasn't giving a fuck hey like you know and then um we were we were counter countering him telling it um with his inverts and asking him how he does his cutbacks he does so does the super funky um, only nugget style cutbacks, but oh, all rail. It's spray, but they're wild cutbacks, eh? Hey? It's almost yeah. like the arms whip up. It, it it almost reminds me of a jockey getting the reins up on a horse, mate. It's fucking yeah, crazy. Yeah, he gets a, that that the inside, so his rail elbow right up. So he must get super low on his board, so it doesn't it doesn't want that to dig in. So he gets it up and out instead of against his against his body, so to speak. Yeah, um, but you know. You can't. Who can you? Who can you argue? Nugget telling you how to do something when he's probably arguably got the best wave out there, Island. You know the one. You're the one where he just makes that incredible barrel. He gets like a three foot wedge and like a six to eight foot like running ace one. Yeah, on sixteen chambers. I think it yeah, is. Yeah, and he shouldn't. Yeah. He should not make it. Like it's actually <laughs> physically impossible. Almost when you look at the distance he travels, it, he, he must have got caught in. I've looked, watched it over and over again. I swear to God, he must have got caught in some like bubble man like like a bubble of air that has somehow pushed him through the yeah. chamber like another couple of meters because he's he's easily two to three meters short of where he needs to be like easily so crazy so great and you see the um so we the the wave before it is this full-on like it's it must be i think it's in hawaii this guy fully being an absolute kook and then that wave comes up it's just like fully like a tp and he's on the other side of the of the triangle and coming in from behind, I don't, I don't know, maybe, I don't know exactly whereabouts, maybe White Rock, I don't know, so far back and then getting that and then coming through the and coming through that and getting wedged up and through the next section. 
It's like that wave and Percy's wave that's on the front cover of what did he get? I was like a riptide? Yeah, maybe a riptide. Or the Australian bodywater, that crazy big shocky thing. Yeah. And he's, you can't even see Percy, but he's like stalling and all of his legs and arms and shit are everywhere, but it's all just kind of shocky and, and foam ball in it. Man, it can so throw up such a crazy wave the island at times, eh? Oh, man. Like, yeah, you guys are fucking psycho, eh? <laughs> <laughs> It's, you know, and I definitely understand where you come from when you say that, but at the same time, it's like when you see any local in their natural element, you know, like in any wave, like, you oh, know, yeah. watch you at a certain wave um, at the sunny coast at the moment, bro, it's like, and, you know, you're in your natural element. You just you just know what you're doing, and it wouldn't matter if it's holding six to eight foot, and, and you know, I know that wave might not, but you know what I mean? It wouldn't matter if, yeah. it, if it did. You would just be an autopilot. It's a kind of saying. It's just, just the comfort level. You know exactly what waves to look for, you know, like. Yeah, yeah, exactly. And you've had the shit moments before. We're like, okay, I'm not doing that ever again. So you'd see, you'd see, see some, see some Billy goat going. Oh, you guys want this? You're like, yeah, man, yeah, fucking get back on the train and go this wave, cunt. Yeah, yeah, you'd be more than happy to go this one. And then you can see a little kink down the end, and then it's just like ten meters in. He's in this fucking watery grave, and you're like, oh dear lord. Yeah, all yours, fella. Yeah. Dude, talk about train billies. I was only speaking on the last potty actually with Jace Finlay. He had his bag stolen up on the point. A. Have you ever had anything like, like, like that happen or anything like ripped from your keeping when you're surfing? Uh, when, I'm, when I'm surfing, yeah. I've had um, had um, I've watched my car get fully stolen, man, from Diva. I was in the surf and watched the person go down to because they <laughs> You've got all those bushes, Like, you know, you've got like the, the cul-de-sac. Yeah, just, all at the north end. Yeah, cunts will just sit up in the in the bush there and just watch you. Um, and then as soon as you go out surfing, they'll just come down. And then if you don't have a have a key stash spot in your wetsuit and you splash in your car, they'll just go down. And know exactly where you've stashed it. Get straight in your car and drive off. And I've I've been in the surf, and it was actually an ex girlfriend's car. But I watched the guy come down go straight under under the car and get the key and get in the car and watch the car drive off. And I was just like, what the fuck? Fuck, what <laughs> but, did you do? But then I ended up, I you know, I don't even know who I got at that time to give me a lift um, back home. And then I got her to drive, drive maybe a flatmate's car. We were looking for it, called the police. And there was like this um, kind of notorious area Um on the other side of the Jack Evans boat harbour, kind of near Tweed City, where it's this big high rise. Apparently, all the cops were saying that um that these fucking darrows and stuff would sit under this unit's balcony, like right just in like the like a garden bed, and just fucking take drugs and whatever, and just rifle through everyone's shit. And I was like, wow. I was like, I'll, I'll go, I'll go there, but I'll just go to this pawn shop that was around the back of Tweed City just before that. I was on the way. So I was going going to this pawn shop and there was a fucking guy walking into the pawn shop with one of my bodyboards. And as before even the car could even come to a stop, it was just out and just rocked the guy flat on his ass and grabbed my bodyboard and then, then asked him the question, like, where the fuck do you get this bodyboard? He was like, oh, I got it from a mate a couple of weeks ago. And I was just like, yeah, right, and just picked him up and bashed him again because I knew it was just flat out lying. lying. And, um, and then, yeah, and then looked and the car was in the, the car that, my car was in the fucking – my girlfriend's car was in the car park of that pawnbroker. They're right there. Jeez. So, yeah. so you got nothing stolen. You got your bodyboard back and the car. Yep. 
and then before that before they even cops could come and then and then yeah then the cops came probably about 10 minutes later and then i was like oh it's all good like he he bailed and i was like yeah it's all good man i've got everything back and i've found the guy and scared him off and that was it <laughs> that's amazing and they were they were sweet with it they were like oh that's amazing yeah yeah they were, that's a good and he was like do you want to do a statement i'm like yeah no it's all good man i've i've done this got everything back and then a couple of years later when i was i moved up there with the family um for some work i was living on boundary street the street that goes up to d-bar oh, um yeah. but um for some reason i i'm Whenever I'd surf Debra, I'd always just, just you know, it was like 30 seconds up the road, I'd just run. And for some reason, I'd must have gone down and checked somewhere further south and came back and just, just parked my car. Not the normal Debra car park. There's like, if you go in the back way, there's like a little car park just before the real big kind of open spaced area near the toilet block. Yeah, yeah, I know the one, yeah. Just parked the car in there and I was paddled over with one of my mates to the other side to, to Fingal on the other side at the wall at the spit there. Yeah. And, um, and yeah, just paddled over, surf, came back, car was fully broken into. And um, apparently, yeah, same thing. People were just sitting up in the bushes waiting for people to, to go. As soon as they'd seen my mate um, and I go off the rock wall and paddle across, they would have just come in and fucking broken into my car, fully smashed my window and everything, but just, just took change and that was it. Oh, man, it happens, eh? I've had that stuff down at Black Rock before. You know, you just, yeah, come yeah, back. Did you, did you not leave your car unlocked? <laughs> like, um, like, I didn't have the window smashed, but I definitely had, I think I left like, three fins in there that went. I've also yeah. had a bodyboard there in my car that was stolen, and I knew it was a certain one because it was like a custom all silver one that I got. Um, and I saw like a fucking Grom surfer the next time I was down there, like yeah, a local crew yeah. kid, and I was like, "Fuck!" Well, like, what I just asked him, "Oh, where'd you get the board from, brother?" And he's just like, "Oh, the boys in the village, just you know, sharing around." I'm like, "Yeah, no dramas." And I just carried yeah. on. Like, what are you gonna do? You know what I mean? Yeah. Like, and then, but then you think of it, it's like, well. You've you just given someone an opportunity to do something else. God, uh, dude, man, I was so happy. Yeah. Like, I had but heaps like of boards, you know. Yeah, fuck in it. hindsight, in, in at the time, you're probably like, fucking little shit. But then in hindsight, you're like, yeah, you know what? Well, he's probably, you know, this kid's probably out just doing whatever. <laughs> yeah, dude, and it's great. He's actually in the water just having a good time and enjoying himself. Yeah. And I think, let's just state it clearly, man, I think a bodyboard is a bit different than a fucking car. When your car oh, yeah. gets stolen, it's all <laughs> yeah. like drop everything, man. That's your, that's your, you know, some cars are worth fucking half people's yearly wage, you know what I mean? Yeah. Like, you know, more. It's just, yeah, it's when yeah, people steal your car, there's also a bit of pride about it too. You're like, fucking, are you kidding me? Like, that's oh, yeah. mine. It was a white. It was a white car. Just a white Camry. Just a the proper surf base car. Yeah. Oh, that's a full bodyboard spec. Is that a white Camry? <laughs> yeah, like sick. Yeah. And are we talking um, hatchback? Or are we? Are we? No, it was just a just a normal sedan. It, it wasn't a wasn't a little station wagon that you'd see like the guys getting around in and stuff like that. But it was just a sedan. Yeah, four door sedan. Sick. And, we just um, punching a couple of tuna cans out the side. Yeah. <laughs> dude you guys were king of it up there i, I only spoke to nick ormore the other day uh, I, yeah. I ran into him randomly down at um Ostermere beach uh sharky's there actually oh, just yeah. before the the riptide magnitude six premiere at, at cold yeah. rsl oh yeah really good chatting him he's about to move down to his um house they just built at um yeah like in jola he's Froth and Bro looks amazing. Um, he's like loving life. And um, I only was speaking to him about how him and his brother were always caught on fucking camera smashing cans of tuna, man. Like it was, yeah, it was yeah, just a, a diet. 
just the um yeah just the full-on you know you'd see the especially like i guess that time that time when those guys are coming up you know omrods and dethy and before even joe and all those guys like well, I guess with the the big guys from Goldie, but like with those two, we're just those brothers, really. Then I guess Harry and all those guys and Crashy and that, you know, they do all the drug trials and everything as well. Yeah, um, I've heard about so them. It was, it was just you know go away for for eight weeks or twelve weeks, whatever, into a fucking into a into a hospital, do cholesterol medicine and and get paid five grand and go to Hawaii for as long as you can on on minimal amount of money, and so just the. You know, either food stamps or fucking noodles or tuna was just, you know, protein intake, carb intake, and you know you can surf as long as you want. <laughs> yeah, it, it, it's the best meal, man. Like it really yeah. is. You're right. It ticks all the boxes, and in you know, funnily enough, and this is going to sound funny, just coming from canned tuna, but if you're throwing a little bit of fish in your diet every week, which I lack sometimes, man, it's good for your brain. Oh yeah, yeah, man. All the all the, the cognitive effects, man, of, of omega threes and essential fatty acids are, are great. Yeah, like it, yeah uh, mate. No, you yeah. know, coming from you too, being a being a chef all these years, and now recently a new career path for us. All, yeah, like, yeah, new career. Just uh, doing the doing the new doing the new trains. A uh, uh, train technician. So sick. Yeah, the way you explain it today, like it sounds like a really good job in the way that you've just got a lot of variety, which is not just you know the one area all the time. Yeah, no, it's it's um if you want to funny just knuckle down and earn some pretty crazy coin, um try and get into the rail industry. <laughs> as <laughs> as blokey as that sounds, it's um you know, I still live like a minute away from the beach and where I'm at now, <clears throat> it's 10 minutes at a facility um, away from my house. And, yeah, it's a, one of the brand-new trains. And, um, yeah, man, like the like, – Can you just explain to everyone what the brand-new trains are going to have on them, though, man? Because I was blown away when you fucking said it before. All the air little, their own little personal tables and charging facilities and USB ports and, um, you know, the little actual um, socket, socket charging sets and all that kind of stuff, like your own little personal – seat so you're not sitting there on like a bench seat or whatever kind of thing with with some other random people in yeah yeah and they're um you know they're hopefully they'll bring revenue by next year sometime i'd say so yeah by the by the looks of things with testing and all that maybe i don't know it's yeah but um yeah there yeah there is this whole whole new infrastructure of 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 transport that uh myself and you know the people that i work with are working on and it's um you know if I can if I can do it man it's it's not that that hard of a job. <laughs> oh, Selling yourself short there, brother man. <laughs> to be yeah. to, to be a bodyboard in any way, shape, or form, I reckon you've got to have some sort of brains. It's fucking hard. Yeah. <laughs> and off the world most of the time. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Dude, um, man, I I just like you know wanted to say thank you fucking so much for coming on the potty, Byron. Like it's it's been such a good time, Yana, man, and I think we. We should have you back on again soon, dude. Like, we got so much more fun. Yeah. Oh man, there's all the hundred percent, man. Like, there's all the like funny stories with Paul Barnard and all those guys, man. I got crazy. I got a crazy Grom story before we leave. Yeah, um, fucking so, like, and, and, and everyone out there, please. I mean, I'm not trying to cut off Byron or end it short. It's just getting close to 10 p.m. and us working fellas. Um, you know what I mean? Lives outside of the podcast, but dude. Tell us this story. Yeah. Sorry, there was this um old um 
older guy that around the traps on, on the Gold Coast called Paul Barnard. Everyone would know him as Barney. Um, I just call him Paul because it's just his formal name, and he's his the probably the most respected elderly bodyboarder um, out of the Gold Coast Australian community. Um, the uh, myself and Crawley um, were surfing reef one day, and we were like been you know, frothing little grommets had gone down there somehow um, with one of our mates our mates had gone in and it was still pumping and we were like in the car park like off it we are like ah oh, man so we went back out and then Barney and Simon Ramsey come out at that time Simon was the editor of Riptide um, fully legend of a bloke was a drop near from Newcastle and then moved to the Goldie and yeah he was you know in the in the prime of Riptide's um, you know kind of era he was the he was the guy and um so we just started getting to know them because barney and simon were living up at up at um they were northern palm beach like 21st avenue and that's where crawley was from and um crawley known him and i'd 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 spoken to barney and gotten some boards off him looking his name up in the, in the phone book and stuff like that and hounding him and um so we're all there and we're like talking to them and they're like oh what are you doing now and we're like oh our friends are gone in we um we don't really have a way to get home and they're like, Oh, you can get a lift home with us if you want and we're like, Oh man, like this is this is so good. We're like, Yeah, yeah, we'll, 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 our bags are in the in the dunes. So I went in, got our bags and um we're like, This is so good when you can't live with these two legends and um like, Oh, we're gonna go surf surf back beach Fingal if you wanna come with us. Um you know, we're gonna go check it anyway and we're like, We don't have to be anywhere, we we'll, we're stoked to go. So we're there at surfing back beach Fingal and it was kind of, from what I remember, it was real good. It was super clear, and but on the Goldie, you get these big, those, you know, those big blubbery blue jellyfish with the big tentacles, big banana-looking yeah. tentacles. Those, and they make it itchy. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, so summertime would have been summertime because they were they were present that time, and we're all there. And um, Simon just Simon and Crawley start kind of mucking around, and Crawley and I start mucking around with this, these jellyfish, just kind of splashing each other, kind of next to each other with them. And then I grab a jellyfish and catapult it. And as a catapult, I'm like, oi, Barney, look out. And then catapult it and it lands straight on his face. And, uh, and did he turn around into it? Like fully like looked up into this fucking jellyfish, just face raping. <laughs> like and instantly started. There goes spinning. your lift, bro. Oh, inst- like Crawley. I remember Crawley just looking at me like, what the fuck, man? Like kind of thing like, oh, my, what? What, the, what did you just fucking do? Barney's screaming, instantly screaming his head off. Oh, my God, I can't see, all this kind of stuff. And I was just like, oh, my God, oh, my God, I just fucking, I was just fully, what the fuck have I done? And um, yeah, we kind of helped him in. He couldn't see. And um, Simon and him were walking up the beach. I remember, like, myself and Crawley were kind of just, like, kind of straggling back. And um, Crawley was just shaking his head like, oh, fuck, dude. You've just fucked it for us, eh? Like, we're, we're groms. There's no way we're getting lifts anywhere anymore. And I remember being in the car and him just going, I can't fucking see, just just that off it. And at the time, he was he was known as Mr. Mellow. Like, he was sponsored by a fucking um, Healthy Life and Masashi and all these kinds of supplement companies. He was like he was like an OG straight-edge guy. Like, he never drank, never did any drugs or anything like that. And, um, yeah, he was always super fit. And he was just screaming his head off and like being super aggro. And I was like, oh my God, like this is pretty fucking wild. I remember, just, remember Simon dropped me off and I was just, just kind of sulked out of the car, eh? just like so off it. And then 
Barney didn't talk to me for the fucking years after that, eh? Like, I'd see him in the surf and he just wouldn't wouldn't acknowledge me for, for ages. And then... Oh, shit. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> That's a heavy one, man. You, yeah. you, fuck, you kind of picked me up and dropped me down there. I'm kind of just going, <laughs> shit. But, I mean, yeah. that, that happens, dude, man. You'd you be... This was... um definitely not like on the same severity because it was like a, a grom to like an idol but um when me and eli beach one one time running out the surf nugget um we were the only two out there and oh there might have been one other dude anyway it was very minimal and there was jellyfish again and he did the exact same thing but at close range into my face oh. and mate it was fucked up i know what paul barney went through like it was it's, it's searing pain because your face is sensitive anyway, and it's like in your nose and around your yes. mouth. Yes, bruh, it's it's <laughs> it's gnarly. But I don't know if I agree about the years to fucking come and not speak. And it oh, might have just been yeah. like a therapy session or something, you know, just maybe get out there instead of not talking. I, I think it was just like just a little. I've I've just just offered you a lift, you little fucking shit kind of thing. Like I don't blame you. I probably would. I probably would just be offered as well. And and I don't think I'd. Um, because yeah, obviously it was like you'd have to try and ring someone up, and at that time, you know, there was no phones, like you know, no iPhones, whatever. It was just I sent someone a message. You had to literally ring them up, and I think he was in with his mum at the time, so it was, it was like, um, you know, it was like a full-on thing to try and ring up and be like, hey, is uh, is Paul there and stuff like that, and she'd have to, oh, he's out or whatever. So yeah. But, um, sorry, Barney, again. <laughs> yeah, I just want to shout out to Paul and say, I'm sorry, mate. I hope the face is feeling good and, you know. Full on shout out to Paul, the absolute, absolute reef chief, man. Like, he's the, man, some of the waves are saying him, get out, get out there, man. All the Omrods and, and Elliot as well, like, all those guys get a test for, for, for the waves that see Barney get out there. That's just, it. Just a man. Absolute yeah, just, man. Just a man. We'll have to talk about him more in the, the next episode, Byron, bro. Fuck, it's, um, yeah, it's really good having you on, dude, and good to spin the yarns. And I just, again, I've got to say, like I did before, how you have compressed all this Bougan knowledge into one head is fucking beyond <laughs> me, man. You know what I mean? You, yeah. you, before you pass, like you've, you've definitely got to get this down on something, you know what I mean? I'm not down on you got ages, bro. I'm talking you yeah, got yeah. 60, 70, 80 years. You're, you're, you're living long, but, you know, just get your affairs in order, all right? Yeah, 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 yeah. Yeah, first thing, first thing, uh, memoir, and then the will. Yeah, for sure. And then maybe Neuralink, just teed up with Elon, and then just oh. download everything, yeah, yeah. center into your head. You know what I mean? And then we'll be we'll be sorted. Yeah, yeah, sick. <laughs> AI man, I'm just trying to embrace our new overlords. You know, I'm just. I'm just <laughs> hey, have you have you seen that new movie? Um, what is it? Uh, Don't worry, my darling, with Harry Styles and. No, I haven't seen meta. it. It's all about Meta, the Metaverse. Oh yeah. Um, or maybe I've given it away. Yeah, yeah. Fucking spoiler alert. Um, but yeah, watch that that movie if you if you if that interests you. I definitely will. Fuck yeah! Just just yeah. came out. Yep. Yep. Like yeah. it's um it's on Netflix. I think it is. Yeah. Fuck yeah. It, 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 it came out like it last year. Oh, okay. Okay. Sweet. Sweet. Yeah. So it'll, it'll definitely be there. Yeah. Cool. I'll have a look tonight. And do yeah. just before we go, I want to um ask you. You know, try and do some emotional potty. Sometimes I choose them for the guests. I think it would be most appropriate if you chose your own. What song would you like uh, the potty do outro to? Oh, uh, Wind in My Sails by Lagwagon, if you can find it. Um, it's Wind in My Sails by Ladwagon. Yeah, it's a Shark Island, um, Shark Island section, and it's uh, probably the best Lagwagon song. 
um, that or anything about playing loader. That's a great, um, great band as well. Um, yes, yeah, oh dear, we'll definitely have to find it for sure. I'm sure Elliot's already got it teed up and it'll be outro and as we're speaking now, bro. So again, thank you for your time, man, and we'll speak again soon. Legend, awesome. Thanks, for, thanks, mate. Happy to have you. Yeah. Yeah.